right, let's do it. Cool. Welcome back to Left Anchor. I'm Alexi the Greek. And I'm Ryan Cooper. Today we've got an episode on uh, Bell Hooks, the uh, feminist and uh, socialist scholar and activist who recently died at only the age of 69, I believe. Quite tragic. Um, she she was the author of a number of books. Um, Ain't I a Woman was one of them. Feminist Theory was another one. Uh, she was born in Kentucky and uh, in like, you know, a working class or impoverished uh, family um, with, uh, uh, I believe, six brothers and sisters. Um, back during, you know, this was in the 50s and uh, during segregation times in Kentucky and uh, grew to become one of the most prominent black feminist uh, writers and thinkers of, you know, the the late 20th and uh, and 21st centuries and was a real... A real, uh, you know, a diamond in the rough. I don't know. Quite a, quite an interesting character, at least. And and uh, I personally had never read any of her of her stuff. I mean, maybe aside from a couple of articles, I had never read any of her books or anything. And so, um, definitely a, a good excuse, at least, to kind of catch up on, you know, a, a very important thinker and someone who, you know, I was you know, shamefully remiss and not reading uh some of her stuff before but you know no time like the present amen yeah and it just uh you know in addition to the untimely passing uh of bell hooks I, I think just her her thought and um approach to the challenges of the day and the challenges of uh what what she called um you know white supremacist patriarchal capitalism um as her designation of kind of the the structural problems of oppression and domination uh couldn't be more timely both in in the way that she um diagnosed the problems uh and in terms of you know a very uh accessible yet nuanced theorizing of uh a love ethic and uh a, a real radical approach and vision to um to collectively transforming um, these oppressive conditions and, and to changing those conditions uh, in a way that is, I think, very humane and beautiful, and we'll, we'll get into it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. I think it, it it couldn't be more timely, given uh, you know where we're at in the pandemic with uh, with the rise of of the fascist right and with neoliberalism, um, you know, commodifying everything and putting profits over people. So. Um, yeah, so I was glad to to, to read uh, some. We're, we're reading, you know, a few things of hers because she she was, you know, voluminous, um, prolific author. So we we just picked out a few things that we thought would be good to discuss, uh, as well as a, a little secondary source, uh, and we'll get into that. But um, but I was glad to to dig into her her reading uh, more than I had. And um, yeah, Ryan, I hope you enjoyed the reading because I did. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's you know, kind of as an initial comment. I would say that I was just very, uh, I felt very simpatico with with her on a kind of, you know, moral, political, intellectual uh, level, you know, from almost like the first sentence of reading her stuff. Uh, uh, and it reminds me of, you know, t- today we have like a, a sense of woke politics, you know, what's become a kind of slogan. Um 
and uh, a, a hate object on the right for you know s- certain things like the the phrase if you know you say white supremacist patriarchal capitalism that's like you know something that's been sort of drained of all meaning by the by conservatives but um i i think has that type of language has come to stand in for a kind of uh corporate liberalism you know like like a, like a wokeness like a social justice politics that has been bastardized by the Democratic Party and yeah. uh, liberalism, you know, co-opted like, in a way, right? Yeah, you know the 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 pride parades with corporate floats from Goldman Sachs and uh, Raytheon mm-hmm. and whatnot, um, and yeah. and sh- and she's a reminder that not only is that the origin, like the I would say the true original history of of that type of, you know, whatever you want to call it, like feminism, critical theory, and, uh, you know, just sort of like radical critique of American society actually have much more substance to it, substance to it than that kind of bullshit, like yeah. just evacuated uh, uh, appropriation. Yeah. Um, and in fact, so she a has a bunch some, of signifiers, just a bunch of signifiers that are performative, right? Yeah. yeah she, and she has, we can talk about it later. She has some great things to say about how academic discourse can be totally uh, jargon. Yeah. Well, misappropriated by, you know, people who are just doing uh, basically conservative politics at the end of the yeah, day or that's right. reinforcing systems of hierarchy and oppression yeah. and so on. Um, perversely, perversely used to to be exclusionary, right? Um, you know, yeah. as as against uh, women and people of color, uh, or especially you know black women of color in academia and and uh, so forth, right? Yeah. Um, and then on the other hand, you know, it's like she she uh, the the way that I think the kind of the 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 woke jargon, for lack of a better word, sort of got digested through Tumblr and you know, online politics and the Hillary Clinton campaign, uh, it, it, it is very hostile, you know, it's very like judgy and very annoying to, to a lot of people. I think for good reasons is bad, but, but the way bell hooks writes is it's, it's open to, you know, it's like if you, if you're just, you know, even just confused, but you got a sort of a good, uh, uh, open mind and a reasonable, you know, you're trying to do the right thing. You know, she's there to sort of help you over the finish line, even if you're the dreaded white man, you know, Um, and she has a lot of very sympathetic things to say about like poor white people and the fact that like class is not entirely a black thing. And, um, you know, it's it's just very reasonable. It's very big hearted. That's what I would say. And I really appreciated how um, just, uh, uh, you know, she you. You read a lot of academic shit sometimes about social justice and it's just so airless. And here it's like, right, wow, here's right. a real person with like some legit experience trying to trying to tell you something. And I appreciated yeah. that a lot. No, no. And I think that's, you know, something that's that's um it's interesting because there is in what you're saying that the critique that you're giving of the kind of heartless, dry, jargony academic theorizing, um, isn't just boring and unnecessarily kind of uh, unclear and so forth, but there's a connection, I think, between Hooks's accessibility 
and and the big heartedness as you describe uh and the 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 nature of her critique right like which is to say that people that are uh marginalized and shamed um and and kept out of say even academia or um you know prevented from uh, rising up in academia or in the world based on what Rousseau would, would say are the kind of norms and mores of, of the ruling elites who, who designate, you know, what kind of language games you have to play and, and, and what kind of words you have to know and so forth. Um, you know, that, that obfuscation and that jargon, uh, as you, I think, intimated, serves an exclusionary purpose and serves a kind of a gatekeeping purpose. Um, but also on the other side of it, Theory, she, she has a book called Feminism is for Everyone. Theory for her, in, in this piece, theory as liberatory practice, right? Uh, she opens it with this line about coming to theory from a place of pain and desperation as a child, right? And, and a yeah. desperate need to understand, like, why am I suffering? Why is this the way things are, <clears throat> right? And, 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 and theory as a liberatory practice for her is kind of a, a way of being, a way of coming to ask the questions that get you to understand the conditions that give rise to that suffering, to that predicament, to, to that world that um, instantiates and reproduces all of that pain and exclusion and marginalization. Um, and, and, and so for her theory from a young age and throughout her life – is a form of practice. Words are a form of action. And so, of course, you want to bring everyone in. You want to, as she says, name all of our pain, everyone's pain. A good feminist theory names all of our pain. And so, even though her thinking is quite nuanced and complex, you know, and, and in fact, explains terms like intersectionality in ways that, that the jargon uh, obfuscates, right? Um, the, the the very purpose of her passion for theory goes obviously well with the accessibility because of that um, that reason that everyone who suffers deserves to understand better why and, and be brought into the collective action to change those conditions to, to transform the world. Yeah, yeah, I I like that bit of the the uh, the essay, you know. Talking about relating to people, you know, it's like you can instantly sympathize with someone, you know, a bright young girl who, you know, is living in the 1950s, you know, in yeah. the uh, a patriarchal and racist society um, and is asking all these questions and her parents just don't have any answers, you know. And Did so you like how she, she said to her mom, because her dad, the breadwinner, would discipline her and, you know, and I think it, uh, probably a, a quite... Uh, you know, this is the fifties, maybe a, a quite a heavy handed way, maybe a violent way. And, and she, she, she basically said, why does this guy who's never around, who I have no relationship with, have the right to discipline me? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who, you know what I mean? Like, what, what justify to me the fact that this man, you know, is, is doling out punishment. And, and, yeah. and so even intuitively as a child, she's like, this patriarchal bullshit here, right? Like what? And mom is like, I don't know what to do with this. You know? Yeah. Like, she says, quote, how I envied Dorothy, her journey in the Wizard of Oz, that she could travel to her worst fears and nightmares only to find at the end that there is no place like home. Right. And, right. Yeah. And she says that, uh, you know, motivates her um, investigation of theory. But then 
you know, just a couple of paragraphs later uh, says that that's not the only way you can you can use theory. She says, quote, theory is not inherently healing, liberatory or revolutionary. It fulfills this function only when we ask it to do so and direct our theorizing towards this end. And I think that's I mean, it's such an obvious point, but um, it I feel like it's very lost. You know, there's like the the left in this country is so academic, you know, I mean, I think just because the unions are dead, not all of them, but most of them. Um, and you know, there, there are very few other institutions with any kind of sort of social purchase, cultural purchase. And so you end up with a lot of, you know, a lot of very abstruse and very, um, academic ways of talking about stuff. And she goes on to talk about how, yeah, theory can be weaponized by people with, uh, you know, just careerists or, or the look at the the Ruffalos, the, the critical race theory bashers on the right, or or the, those that we've talked about with with Matt Carp and Harvey K and others who on oh, the right are Chris Ruffo, not, not what, Ruffalo. What, Ruffalo, that's Mark Ruffalo, the actor. He's a good guy, maybe. Yeah, he's know. good. But he's as he's far as actors guy, go, he seems cr- nice. Cr- <laughs> uh, Hulk Hulk's mad at me now. Uh, Ruffo, right? <laughs> Chris Ruffo, whatever. Yes, that's right. That 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 piece of garbage that is trying to to make you know studying our racist history uh, the. Uh, the kind of caused a celeb of, of the right, um, you know, that children are being brainwashed and so forth. That is a kind of theorizing, right? Like, and, yeah. and this is, this is something our friend, um, you know, Dave Kaib points out quite a bit. There's always theorizing going on, whether you know it or not. And so the point is to make sure that we're conscious of it and that the work being done by it is to the good rather than to the bad. And if you're not doing it, someone else probably is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she has a, a particular critique of the abuse of theory by, you know, kind of basically like privileged white academics. Um, She says, quote, often individuals who employ certain terms freely, terms like theory or feminism are not necessarily practitioners whose habits of being and living most embody the action, the practice of theorizing or engaging in feminist struggle. Indeed, the privileged act of naming often affords those in power access to modes of communication that enable them to project an interpretation, a definition, a description of their work, actions, etc. that may not be accurate, that may obscure what is really taking place. That's the end of the preview, folks. If you want to hear the whole episode, you can go to patreon.com slash left anchor. Thanks for listening.